Well, hello, everyone. You don't get these kinds of beautiful days when you're doing church outside in January. I have good news for you today. Good news is real simple today. It's the same thing that we looked at last week. And uh, if I can have my message slides there, it's a simple verse. The simple verse is this, is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? There's going to be a change of administration this week. For all it's worth, I hope it goes well. And I hope the new president leads well, as I trust all of us do. But aren't you glad that the administration of Jesus Christ never changes? Think about that one for a while. What if Jesus said, all right, my term's done. I'm now going to pass the baton to somebody else. We would go, what? Because he's the son of God and he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who created the universe, the one who contains your life in his very hands, who would he turn it over to? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to say welcome to some of you who are new today. And uh, I know that um, coming to church is a rather unique experience, especially if you haven't been going to church or you're sort of trying to find a place for you to fit. But I want you to know that this church, and we're going to be talking about the church today, has one leader. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not me. In fact, all the churches in the Temecula Valley, those who are centered on the scriptures of Jesus Christ, they have one leader. It's Him. The Eternal One. The Supreme One, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reality is, in God's eyes, there's only one church in this valley. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to invite you as we step into God's word today and focus on the church that um, you join me in prayer, not only with one another who are here and those of you who are joining us online, but that you would join with prayer in all those who are in our valley as we seek to be the church of Jesus Christ, his body. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we finished out last week with some strong exhortation and belief from your word to be uh, ramped up in our devotional life, to be able to serve you and get to know you more. And Lord, I pray here today, it's just a continuation of that which we spoke about last week and even the week before as we've now stepped into 2021. Lord, we ask that you would re-energize our hearts and lives as individuals and as a, a community of people known as the Awakening. And Lord, for all the churches that are in this valley seeking to do your good and faithful work. But Lord, we march to the beat of one drummer, and that's you. And you are the head and the leader of this church, and we just pray, God, that you would oversee us this year in 2021. The same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, not only just for us as a church, but as individuals who make up the church, or maybe we're just seeking out an understanding of what a relationship with you would mean today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that through your spirit, you administer encouragement in these moments. 
Lord, if we took time to go across this congregation, this group of people that are gathered here and online, there would be all kinds of stories that are happening in people's lives. But Lord, we're grateful to know that you're ministering in each life, encouraging, empowering, and calling them to yourself more and more. Lord, to that end, may you take this time in your word. And God's people said, Amen. So, we talked here as we've stepped into 2021 about uh, prayer life 2021, devotional life 2021 last week, and today I do, I want to talk straight on about church life 2021. Why are you here? Why are you here? You ask yourself that question, why do I go to church? Maybe you haven't been to church for a while and you're back today, that's great. Maybe you've never really uh, got connected with a church, but why do you go to church? Is it out of a mere ritual and routine because that's sort of what you do? You feel better about it? Do you go because maybe somebody drug you on their arm and they said, hey, listen, you need to come and you need to be a part of uh, this church. That's totally fine. But I want to go a little deeper. Really, why do you carve out a morning time on Sunday when you could be sleeping in, doing something else on a beautiful day such as this? Why are you in church today or online if you're not here on site? I trust that one of the reasons is that you have an identity, that you are more than yourself. We live in a very individualistic culture. You know, me, mine, all the way through, right? Grab as much as you can. Build your portfolio. Grab goods. Build a bigger house. Get a nicer car. You know, make sure the kids are off. There is a lot of myopicness when all said and done about me and my world. But you were born to be a part of something much bigger and grander. You were born to be a part of a community that's not only for this day and age, in the life that you're given, you're to be a part of a community that will live and reign eternally with the one that we just sang about. For that reason, I want to tell you a real simple definition of church. Church is not a building or an event you go to. It is a family that you belong to. See, when you say church, it's like, oh, I went to church today. You're thinking, well, I went to a building and we're not inside in our main auditorium. We're sort of outside in another venue and all that. You, you think facility or you think, hey, I went to church. There was an event. They had some worship songs and the guy stood up there and spoke a little bit. That's cool. And uh, my kids, you know, filled out some of the, the children's packets they handed out because there's no children's ministry operating simultaneously, which is what's normal for our church. It's not a place. It's not an event. It's a family. And so I trust the reason that maybe you're checking church out or you're here a part of what's been ongoing for a number of years is because you want to be a part of a community of family. In fact, the word church in Scripture organically means, in the Greek, it's ekklesia, which means called out assembly. People who are called out. And in our world, we are called out from amongst all people to be a part of Christ's church. The scriptures teach that the church is the body of Christ. It teaches when Jesus Christ comes back that he's coming back for his bride. And he is the bridegroom. All kind of rich, great imagery. 
But what does that really matter to you today and to me? Well, we were wired to be a part of this family. I'm not saying this particular local, the awakening family. Sometimes you're a part of local churches, uh, different ones throughout the course of your life. But foremostly, you're a part of the big church. What I say is big C church, which is the body community of Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you're a part of his body. You will be a part of his bride when he comes again. If you were to pass from this life into the next, he'll usher you in. And I, I believe there's a good chance that those who have gone before us, that our loved ones will be there to, to welcome us in on the other side, to live eternally, not in some uh, cloud in the heavens, but in the new heaven and the new earth and what God eternally has from his scripture he talks about. Because God created this world for the church. He wasn't just bored saying, I think I'm going to make some beautiful mountains and some beautiful lakes and rivers. I'm going to create some incredible animals that walk on the earth or swim in the seas. That's all great. It's part of his creativity, his artist mindset. But he created this world for human beings that are made in his image. And this world was created for the church. For those who would become followers of him. And so if you're having a really hard time with your identity in life right now. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you broke up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Maybe there's trouble in your marriage. I don't know. Maybe your football teams didn't win yesterday. And you're hoping, you know, some other teams win today. You've got to expand your purpose. Maybe, maybe you've had a business that's excelled, but then it crashed. Or maybe, maybe you scaled the heights of success and you got to the top of the ladder and there was still a hole in your heart. There's something more. Well, because God created you. He created you not just as an individual and to have your own personal family. He created you to be a part of a big, broader family. And so I challenge us in 2021 that we would see a fresh and anew our calling, our need to not go to a building, not go and be a part of an event, but to be a part of a family. And there's richness in that. There's richness in that. And there's richness because you were made for it. You know, this COVID journey has been crazy. It's been crazy for businesses, education. It's been crazy on the health front. But you know where else it's been crazy? For the church. And some of you have been on the journey with us. You know, it's just mind-boggling to me that we're coming up on a year that we've been in this COVID journey. And this COVID journey as it relates to the church is sort of shaking the church. Why? Because we sort of define our essence, our identity as a church, a local church of, well, hey, you know, uh, how many people were there on Sunday morning? What's the next building project? Or how big's the budget? Nickels and noses do not define the church. What defines the church is the presence of Jesus Christ ministering amongst a family of followers for His eternal purposes and His Word. And it's shaken me as a pastor I've been in ministry 35 years. All kinds of churches. Small churches, large churches, on staff at churches, leading multi-site churches. I've got some history. 
And this has been one of the most challenging years I have ever experienced as a pastor. And a large part of it has to do with our identity. Is it defined by the event or the program? Or is it defined by what Scripture says is our love for one another? And with that, I want to take us to a passage of Scripture that references what that church was like from the very beginning. Jesus Christ, He died for our sins. He rose from the grave. He ascended to the heavens, as Scripture teaches. And then He told those who were followers His at the time to, to not freak out, to just hang on and to gather. And they gathered in an upper room and they prayed. And, and the Spirit of Christ, which is Jesus Himself, actually came back down after Christ ascended to the heavens. But His Spirit came and dwelt within those who were Christ's followers. They were, as one reference is, they were baptized with the Spirit, the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. And then all kinds of really cool things started to break out. And they said, let's build a bigger building. Let's have more services. No. No. Come on. That's not what they were saying. They were saying, who else can we reach? Who else can we encourage? Who else can we invite in to the family of God? And so in Acts 2.41, it says this, those who accepted His message, referring to Peter, because Peter stood up and preached to a large mass of people that had just sort of gathered what's going on when they saw the miracle of the Holy Spirit coming upon uh, the people that day and speaking in different kinds of languages so they could understand was the miracle at that time. Because they were gathered from all parts of the world there in Jerusalem. They heard his message. They became followers. They say, we want to be a part of the family. And 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then they turned to their building project. No. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to one another, who had, one another who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And guess what happened? And the Lord, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he added to their number daily those who were being saved. And what number was He adding to? He was adding to the number of people in the family. In the family of followers of Jesus that would live eternally with Him. Given 70, 80, 90 years here if God so blesses, right? And that's all great. And we have family here. We have family. I think this is one of the things that attracted me to this church when I first came was this whole thing of the community that this church has. And the loud cars that drive out back. You were a part of something that began 2,000 years ago. And when it began 2,000 years ago, God had in mind that you would be one that was added to that number today if you become a follower of Christ. But I can pontificate on the beauty of Christ 
But I know that in this room here and online, there's a lot of people who've never experienced the beauty of a great family and church. Or maybe you did at one time. But what you've experienced has been hurt. Have you ever been hurt by church? I'm going to ask for hands. How many of you have been hurt by being a part of a church? Well, I'm in that number. I was hurt. I was hurt pretty deeply. Me and my family, we had started a church. My wife and I did, Melissa. When we got married, that church went really well for 20 years. We went away for a sabbatical and we came back. And for whatever reasons, I still don't know to this day fully, I was encouraged to move on. That's devastating. It's hard when you love people, and we still love that church. And God, through whatever reason, even through the brokenness and the fallenness of decisions you don't agree with, there's hurt. And you carry that hurt sometimes. Some of my family, extended family, still carries hurt to this day because of it. I quit ministry for a year. Some of you know I come from Indiana. I grew up on a large grain farm. My brothers and other extended relatives, they farmed several thousand acres. And I just said, I'm done. I'm done. I was so hurt, I couldn't even think clearly. First time I ever experienced probably depression in my life. And I went back and I worked on the family farm for a year. Why? Because of my family. And my family's always been loyal and supportive. We're looking forward to having Pastor Zach, who is up here for announcements, get married. Him and Britt back here getting married in a few weeks. I'm going to have the family come out to SoCal. Now you can cheer them on. My life's getting real busy. Grandma and Grandpa came this week. We're going to start filling up the house and doing things. But when I came here, I came as a wounded person because churches can hurt people. And I went back to my family during that year. It's actually my year my dad passed away. And in hindsight, is one of those silver linings of what transpired in my life. I was able to spend days with him in that farmhouse, working with my brothers and relatives and making things happen. And I... Um, Thank God for those days. But I remember I was sitting in some big field, having been given the assignment to drive it through the midnight into some of the wee hours and get ahead of things, and I had no idea where this field was, but they told me to go there. I'm there, I'm working away, driving a 450-horsepower tractor, and big old rig on the back, big four-wheel drive track thing, and, and I had a flat tire in my uh, implement. And I'm out there fixing the tire. Big floodlights lighting up that whole section of the field. Midnight, everybody else had, had moved on to bed because they get up earlier. And I'm sitting there trying to change this tire. And I felt God say to me, Carrie, you need to get back in the church. I've called you to lead the church on my behalf. 
And it was shortly after that that I contacted my friend who oversees some of the Alliance churches that are part of domination here in Southern California. He said, hey, come out and check out this church. Uh, they're in transition. My wife came out and I said, I don't want to do this all over again. It's hard when you start something from scratch. No people, no building, no money, and you take it all the way through to a larger church with multiple staff, multiple sites. And I'm like, I don't know if I have the power to do this again. But God said what? It's not about you, Carrie. It's not your church. It's my church. And my church has its expressions locally in different kinds of churches. You're going to be okay in Southern California. It's much nicer weather during January than what they're having back in Indiana today, right? Some of you watching from Indiana, I know. But God said, I will build my church in Scripture and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I felt that I had been under spiritual attack to say, just you got kicked to the curb, Carrie, just stay to the curb, stay out of church. Maybe show up, be, be a spectator on Sunday morning, go to the building, do the event. But don't you dare get, get back into trying to, to, to work with people and being a part of a family because you know what? You're going to get, you're going to get hurt again. Well, friends, there is a chance you can get hurt in churches. You know why? Because we're not a showcase for saints here. We're a hospital for sinners. And sinners sin and hurt people hurt people. There is that chance. But, you cannot find anything on earth more beautiful, more powerful, more enjoyable than a biblically functioning community of Christ. Last week, and it was my mistake because I was all preached up at the end of service. There was a couple here that's been instrumental in this church for years. And uh, the decision as God led them was to move to Texas. And last Sunday was their last official day in Southern California. And Dave and Dawn Axine, if you're watching this morning, we miss you already. We had sort of a sending off little party for them at their son's house. Daughter-in-law's Josh and Tiff. And I looked at those relationships as we gathered. Friends, you don't get that kind of family unless you labor to be involved in people's lives in the body of Christ. And what they had in Acts, what was going on in that day, was a beautiful, powerful thing. Now, did they have their problems? Sure. Did they sort of have their divisions that came later? The Scriptures are full of them. Paul's always exhorting in his letters, hey, chill out, family. Get along with one another. Keep Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever at the center of what you're doing. You can choose to set church to the side in 2021. But I want to challenge us to put it front and center. Because the family, the body of Christ, when it's functioning, is one of the most beautiful, powerful things. And I see people lonely and destitute and desperate. I've seen people during this COVID thing who have gotten disconnected or people that didn't feel uh, connected with the church or here or there. And, and some are doing okay. Maybe you're doing okay. But some are like desperately hungry to be a part of this community called the local church. And so you make the choice. As I sometimes say, get in the boat and row the boat. Don't rock the boat. We all have a tendency to rock the boat because we're sinners. But let's see. This is not an experiment, you know, that God's doing on earth. 
This was his plan. That he had a people from every language, tribe, and nation that would be a part of his beautiful bride and his body. And when we step from this side to the next, both my mom and dad have passed on, as well as other ones, as well as loved ones that you have. Those who are in Christ, who are Christ's followers, will just pick right back up where we left off. I think we'll have healthier bodies when we're given the new body, thankfully, right? New heaven and a new earth. God's eternal plan. So we might as well get on the team now. And when you're on the team and you go through the bumps and bruises, so many things God has taught me from when I had that hurt in my life with church. And it's caused me to be a better pastor to this day. And I'm so grateful that God said, hey, put the tire away, put the tractor away, get back in ministry, come and help lead something beautiful. You know the first phone call I ever had with this church was by uh, Skype at that time. We didn't really do the Zoom. And uh, they Skyped me into a board meeting from Indiana. <laughs> they said, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, this and that. You know, it's a good board. Dave Axine was on that board I just mentioned. And, and I love the board because they're a really good group of people. But I said, I have a question for you. Are, are you guys playing church? Because I'm not going to come if we're just going to play church. You know what play church is? Oh, let's all just be nice and get together and, and do the right things and focus on nickels and noses and the numbers and that. And, and, no. I want to be the church that Jesus Christ wanted the church to be. And Jesus Christ wanted the church to be a powerfully active thing. That's why numbers were added to them daily. Those who were being saved. They were on mission. In John 13, 34, Jesus said this, A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is called the great what? The great commandment. The great commandment. The great commandment is this, in Matthew 22. He was referencing the great commandment there. My apologies. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these. If we invited Jesus, Hey, Jesus, good to see you here today. Can you come up here? It's like, wow, Jesus is here today. Jesus would come up and you know what Jesus would do? He would sum up all the scriptures right here. And he says, this is it. Two things. Love God and love people, even when they hurt you, even when you don't feel like loving them. Push through, discover who it is, me and you, loving them. So he gave the great commandment, and then he gave the second thing, which is this, the great commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He was getting ready to the ascend to the heavens, and he said, Psst, hey, everybody, come here. Lean into me. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Love God. Love people. And make disciples. Check, check, check. Can you do that in your life? Are you loving God? Are you loving other people? And are you making disciples? 
There's actually several verbs here, but the, the reason we've underlined make disciples is because that's the primary verb here. Yes, you're, you're to go. It's assumed that you're going as you go around your everyday life, whoever you interact with, or, or maybe God's got a calling for you to go from Indiana to California, or maybe it's to go to overseas missions, whatever it may be. As you go, it's assuming you're going. Some of you are here today because you're a friend of somebody, and they started going here, and they invite you to come along. Well, they're fulfilling this great commission. As you go... Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, which means identifying with the community of Christ as a follower of Jesus, and teaching them to obey everything. A great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will build a great church. Jesus taught those two things forefront, and for us, our church life 2021 we need to have that same kind of radical commitment. At the awakening, we sort of phrase it this way. People awakening people to, be full, to become fully alive in Christ and to His mission. That's what we're about. And I want to simply invite you in to that kind of commitment for 2021. There's three values that we pull from the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And there are these three things. Maybe you're familiar with this kind of terminology. If not, I want to educate you and encourage you. As we champion up, we horsepower up for another year, not knowing what holds before us, not knowing when the COVID thing will help life return to normal in the church. Some people say it'll never return to normal because of the changes. I know it's true here. We never used to do live streams. Some of you watching online from home. Uh, hopefully when the whole COVID thing's over, you'll feel safe to come back. But uh, some people may say, hey, I'm just going to do online or not. I had some people last week sort of uh, give uh, notice that they'd like to be a part of the Ruta group that was announced. And, and uh, my first thought was I had no idea who they were, and they sent an email in. And I thought to myself, i got to ask the question, do you live locally? I've never had that before because it's just been us that are gathered. But now some of the changes that have happened, some of the cool things is God saying, I want you to have a broader influence. And I'm like, okay, do you live locally? And can we do that group by sort of zooming in with a screen, like one of these large screens, into a group? All of us have sort of been a part of those kinds of interactions during the last year, right? And I hadn't thought of that. Changes happen, but we're on mission. People awakening people to become fully alive in Christ. A great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission is going to build God's church and bring glory to Him. He's going to be honored by it. And there's three things that we do in particular as a church. If you're sort of checking church out today or whatever, I trust any church that's a follower of Jesus Christ is doing these three, but we frame them up in these three ways. Some people have four, some people have five. I lose track of things, so I try to keep it simple. Three things. Disciple-making, community building, and missional living. The church is not a building or an event I go to. It is a family I belong to. A family that does not play church, but a family that is passionate about disciple-making, community building, and missional living. Some of you were uh, hopefully given an insert when you came in today. You got this? If you don't have this, I'm going to ask that uh, maybe somebody grab some extras of these and just walk up and down and raise your hand if you didn't get this insert. And online, 
you might be able to get it on our Facebook link. There's a link to uh, uh, download this insert page. But at the top of it, anybody need one? Everybody's good? Or a pen? That kind of thing? Good? All right, if not, just get up and go find your way or somebody will come to you. It says this, a participating membership covenant. I commit to God and others the following steps of obedience in order to uphold the vision, values, and ministry of the Awakening Church. Now, some of you, especially if you're new today, you're going, whoa, what's happening here? Pastor just made a pivot on this message to start talking about membership. Friends, this is not to get you to be a part of a club. And it's not even to get you to be a part of the church here, necessarily. This is for us to unpack what it means to be a disciple-making, uh, community-building, missional church. And I want you and I to wrestle with this kind of commitment for 20 and 21, whether you're here on site or online. And we're just going to walk through these bullet points. And as we walk through these bullet points, these unpack what it means to be a member of this local church. And if you want to be a member of this local church, we would love to have you as a member. But member's not a club mentality. What do I get? It's actually what do you give? Because that's the way Jesus' church is. Yes, there's going to be a congregational meeting of participating members two weeks from today. We're going to hold it right after service. And those who are participating members, they're, they're going to hear sort of some download on some things that are happening with the church and some future issues and uh, some updates. Uh, those who are participating members are going to vote on uh, a budget for this next year. They're going to vote on who the new board members are and, and we'll pray and commission them. There's a function that participating membership has that's beyond just being an attendant or somebody checking out church. And I want to encourage you to consider being a participating member of the church. But we're not doing this for the sake of uh, increasing our roles. We're doing this because it's a straight-on challenge for you to have a defining moment in your life. And whether here or elsewhere, this is what God calls us to. That we have a deep devotion to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission and it's unpacked in these three values we have as a church. Disciple-making, community-building, missional living. And then there's five bullet points to just make sure the rubber hits the road on these. As it means to be a part of a local church. So you ready to go with me? Because we're going to go through these fast. If you're online, I encourage you to watch. You're going to have an opportunity as well, even though you may not have an insert in your hand. So here we go. Disciple making. Five things that we've put as sort of a, a bullet points of this is what it means to be devoted in this area. The first thing is I believe Jesus died, rose again, and professed Him as my Savior and Lord. Friends, you cannot truly be a member in a local church unless you're a member in God's eternal church. You cannot be a part of God's family unless you're born into the family. You had a family you were born into, right? You woke up as a little baby outside the womb and you went, what? Oh, I got my family. For better or for worse, this is your family, right? Well, you can't have a family that's a part of the body of Christ unless you're born into the family. So the first thing is that you've made a decision. I believe Jesus Christ is who He says. That He died, He was raised from the grave, and I profess Him as my Savior and also my Lord. Check. 
Second, I affirm my faith in Christ through the public declaration of baptism. Baptism does not save you, but just like the wedding ring is an outward sign of the marriage covenant, baptism is a public way of being immersed and raised and dead to the old life, raised to the new life. Have you been baptized? Symbolizing that you're a part of the family. We require people. And whether you have been baptized in the past as a believer, and infant baptism is great, but infant baptism isn't what we believe. Believer's baptism, where you're baptized on the other side of becoming a believer in Christ. And that baptism, whether you've been baptized before or you've not yet been baptized, that you're willing to make that commitment. I take up the disciple-making pathway to become more like Christ. You have there on that note sheet is a pathway we've put together talking about that whole entry point that you're called by Jesus, you're called to Jesus, you're called to obey, you're called to community, you're called to have freedom in your life. All right? Part of freedom is, is being able to be involved then in serving Him and then His mission. This is an ongoing journey. And you're saying, I'm on that journey as a disciple of Christ. In fact, next week we're going to start a new series. I encourage you to come. We're going to start a series simply called Follow. And we're going to unpack some of that discipleship journey of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Next is I seek intimacy with Jesus through Scripture, prayer, and worship. We talked about that last week with our devotional life. You're making a commitment to that. And I accept responsibility for my own spiritual growth and formation. That's why I want to encourage us again. I'll give another commercial. This is the Rooted Book. I encourage you to consider being a part of a 10-week journey that's going to help you on that spiritual pathway and what it means to be a disciple and help you make other disciples. 10 weeks, you got a book, you're going to have a group, and you're going to have some experiences. It's one of those sporting things, formative things I've ever come across in being able to see people grow spiritually. You make all kinds of commitments to other things, health clubs, education, if you're interested in making a commitment to grow spiritually, I want you to sign up on a connect card as you leave or on the website, theawakening.church, for this 10-week journey called Rooted. We're going to begin it in February. The second thing, though, is community building. In community building, we simply say that I honor God through both personal and weekly corporate worship. It's important to gather as a family. What kind of family can you have if you don't get around one another, right? I foster relationships of depth by being in a missional community life group. Your first life group, if you're not a part of one, is to be a part of the rooted group. There's other life groups you can be a part of where it's broken down into, you know, in, in that New Testament passage we showed, they, they met in the temple courts, but they also met house to house. They had the big group and they had the little group. It's a great healthy balance. I support my church leadership, mission, values, and beliefs. We're not perfect. We've got problems. We make mistakes. Trust me, I've made a lot of mistakes as of other pastors on the COVID journey. Probably make some more. But you're saying we're in the boat, rowing the boat, not walk, rocking the boat. I protect church unity by resolving conflict and refusing to gossip. gossip. Satan doesn't want this to be a great family. No church to be a great family. So he brings divisiveness among those of us who are sinners, saved by God's grace. But when you say, I'm a participating member, you're going to take it upon yourself to resolve uh, conflict and refuse to gossip, and there's biblical patterns to do that by. I'm going to pursue generosity through regular giving and biblical stewardship. 
and all that's a part of that, and we've shared on that before, of what it means to give sacrificially to the Lord and to honor Him first with our tithes and our offering. Missional living then. So we've got disciple making, community building, missional living. I seek to develop a servant's heart in helping others in need. I share my life and faith with those who do not follow Christ. The key there is life and faith. You may say, I'm not a very good person going out on the street and witnessing. Well, just live your life before people. Tell them your story and then point them to God's story as you listen to their story. I participate on a ministry team and serve regularly from my church. Yep, Joe's on staff who led everybody else that was on this stage today. All the people doing tech and live stream. Volunteers. Volunteers everywhere. We have a transition of children's ministry directors coming up. I pray that God will continue to raise up volunteers that want to do that. You're saying, I'm going to serve in my local church. And you're going to say, I invite others to church and warmly engage those who visit. And finally, on missional living, as I commit to doing my part, being on mission, as the vision statement states, in my community, during the week, and involved in the task of global evangelism. Disciple-making, community-building, missional living, concerns with all those. Now, you probably noticed with this uh, sheet that you have, there's little boxes beside each of those if you want to be a participating member, and we've already filled in the boxes for you because it's not optional. We believe that kind of commitment shows your heart for a local body and a commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission as God intended. I commit to God and to others steps of obedience to uphold the vision, values, and ministry of the Awakening Church. There's a place for you to print your name, fill in your email, put the date there. Then there are three boxes you need to check. Check the box concerning I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And that you're um, willing to be able to um, identify when you were baptized. And if you haven't been baptized, you can just leave that blank and then you check the box that says, I'm willing to be baptized at the next opportunity. As we said, baptism does not save you. It's an outer sign of your in commitment to Jesus Christ and being a part of the family of Christ. So that's your first line to check, is I am a Christ follower, and maybe when that year happened or when you were baptized. The second is that I'm in a group a life group, a study group, whatever it may be, men's group, women's group, uh, a couple's group, the young adult group that's starting tonight, student ministry group, that I'm committed to be a part of a community. And mention which group that is. Who's the leader of that group? And if not, you check the box that says, yes, I'm willing to do that. And then the third thing mentioned there is to serve on a ministry team. What area would you like to serve in? Maybe it's things that we don't even have yet. Maybe you're already serving. Make note of where I serve and what ministry team, or yes, I'm willing to find a place to serve. This, my friends, has been a very condensed membership class embedded in the midst of a great appeal to you on a Sunday morning to make church life a regular part of who you are in your identity for 2021. And for those of you who are online that aren't able to be with us, there's something new I'm doing to you with you today. I actually have a separate phone number for you to text me directly. That's the number. It's on your screen. 
7273. Just text me family. Text me family and we will follow up with you. We'll make sure you get one of these handouts or whatever you're not able to get it. And that will be your step of commitment to say, hey, I want to be a member of the Awakening Church for 2021. Should I give you time to fill it out? Joe, I'm going to have you come up. We're going to close with a song. If you need one of these or if you need a pen or a pencil, just raise your hand. Somebody will get one to you. But I think we need to sing to finish things back out. And as Joe and Nessa come, um, I'm going to re-sing maybe a song we sang up front. Oh, a different song. That's even better. And I want to encourage you to be obedient to this commandment. To love one another. Jesus said this because he had loved them. Everyone will know that you're my churchgoers. Nope. They'll know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you fill out your membership, participating membership covenant today, you can turn it in on your way out. There's baskets or high top tables you can lay it on. Pick up another one that's there so you have a copy of it for yourself. Thanks for entertaining it. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing it out. Joe's closing. Sound good? Lord, in these weeks, we are so grateful, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we pray for our nation in the midst of a transition of leadership this week. But Lord, we know that this nation needs to be underneath your leadership. But Lord, this nation will never be under your leadership unless the body of Christ is underneath your leadership. So Lord, as we focus today on the purpose and the calling of your church to be a disciple-making, community-building, missional-living kind of community, we pray, God, that you would hold us afresh and anew, the Awakening Church this year for 2021. We didn't know what stood before us last year at this time at all, but you did. And you've been making some beautiful things even in the midst of all the pain and all the changes and all the pivots we've had to do programming wise and otherwise Lord because it's not about the programs and the buildings and the events it's about your family so Lord may we be the family of Christ in this generation and in our nation that we need to be in for this valley Lord, if there's anyone in this group here today who has been on the outside looking in or who maybe has been hurt by churches or indifferent to churches, I pray, God, that you would love them, help them to study Scripture, walk back through things. And Lord, may they make a commitment, a defining moment to be a part of your body of Christ locally because they are going to be a part of your body eternally. And that assignment begins today, to love one another.